Hello everyone and welcome to Lokiakahenge. This is our first official podcast episode where we have friends from abroad. These are our people. Hi guys. Hey guys. <laughs> Hi Rob, Priya, Bobby. <laughs> I was just, I was just telling these guys that like, um, you know, this is the first episode where I, I've had to make the introduction. Usually, Taha uh, makes her introduction, and uh, you know, it's, it's not an easy job, as I've just found out. Because um, you have to start something, literally. Because we literally have to start something. But I just want to tell you guys, we're so excited to have you here. This has literally been in a in, in our project pipeline for a while to like have like other awesome people, more awesome than us, to be on the podcast and like talk to us about their experiences as. South Asian, uh, whoever. It's like we have American people here on the line who have now moved to Italy to, you know, pursue their dreams. And then we have two really awesome guys from UK. So we're really excited to meet you. Thank you so much for being here. And we welcome you with our whole hearts. Yay. Yay. Thanks for having us <laughs> and for giving us the platform to, yeah, I guess, have our voices to be heard and share different experiences. I think that's the main thing is just like listening to what other people have gone through and just seeing those differences and similarities. So I'm really excited. Same, same. And Ram, you, you're speaking right now, so I'll hand over the mic to you, but we'd really love to know a little bit more about you, who you are, and, uh, you know, um, anything that jumps to your mind right now as far as, like, you know, all the things that we were talking about when we first, like, you know, introduced ourselves to each other, so... Take it away. Yeah. So I'm Ram. Um, I manage the Instagram page, uh, Bessie Brotherhood, and I've only started around a month ago. So I'm still pretty new to the whole Instagram like game and like just finding other pages and stuff. But the main reason I decided to make this page was because I just found in my personal life, like a lot of females um, were finding it really difficult with South Asian men. And they found a lot of like toxic behaviors that aren't necessarily getting better. And then when I was chatting to my South Asian boy mates, they were also kind of discussing how they've struggled with talking about mental health and just kind of like opening up about normal um, issues that we go through from like mental health or abuse as a kid or just things that we've witnessed and experienced. Um, and I find like in the UK specifically, a lot of South Asian men um, kind of go ahead with like the whole big like drinking culture to kind of run away from their issues um, or like a lot of their um, problems with like mental health. And it's just like a way to like escape. Um, so then I was like, hold on, like the females are getting fed up and the men aren't doing anything to talk about it. So I was like, you know what, if I can just try and do something and create a page where it just like resonates to a few people. I was like, that's just something that I can do just to kind of see if that helps people out. Um, and yeah, like the response has been amazing. Like people have responded and just kind of messaged me and said like how impactful like the posts have been and like asked for help as well with their personal issues. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to like collaborating more with like you guys and other people and just like get these problems and issues um, discussed in like a powerful way. Um, just because I don't think a lot of South Asian or brown people really have a place to speak about these issues. Um, and a lot of like the services and like the UK like mental health services or even like sexual health services they're not very much like catered to brown people so I think if we create that platform for ourselves um, I think that's really important um, but yeah the kind of things I like talking about is I guess like the taboo subjects that people aren't allowed to talk about like you know cultural differences cultural clashes um, there's a lot of like sexuality stigma to identity issues mental health is a massive one like growing up um, 
like it was always seen as like people with like severe mental health issues. I was like, it's like almost like an us and a them. They're like outsiders. And like my family always kind of reiterated to me, like when I was younger, that you don't want to end up like that and you don't want people knowing your business and you don't want to be on antidepressants. And I think that's why a lot of South Asians really struggle with like talking about their issues just because it's like a massive stigma on like, we don't want to be like them and they're like a- an outsider to our culture. Right. Um, so it's not like embraced enough and talked about enough. And I think, um, um, a lot of generational trauma is the reason why like these days like people with a dual heritage um struggle a lot so yeah those are the kind of things i like to talk about um and yeah i'm just looking forward to like pushing the boundaries and stuff oh my god thank you so much for that beautiful Thanks. introduction seriously yeah. <laughs> and, well um, i didn't even prepare that by the way that was <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like well that was good actually <laughs> We were just talking to Bobby about, like, you know, prepared content or, like, you know, Mm -hmm. thought about content and, like, how sometimes um, that's really not what resonates with people. So the fact that, you know, all of that was original and, like, you know, it was from you. So thank you. Priya. Yeah, thanks. How about you? Yeah. Um, So I actually created the blog and account um, Second Gen Daisy about a month ago, similar to Ram. And um, basically, I wanted to create a space where I was able to kind of talk about moments in my life growing up as a second gen daisy, kind of the different um, experiences I had growing up um, related to mental health issues, um, related to some of the things in within my family culture wise that um, I felt like not not really understanding very well or fitting in very well and kind of reflecting on that now, several years later. Um, and being and having that different mindset about that. And so on my blog, I go into more detail about these topics while also talking about solo traveling and um, my life as a scientist abroad. So I'd like to try and put in, make myself look a bit more um, as a well-balanced person. Right. Um, but then on the Instagram, I try to kind of write about certain aspects of or experiences that I had in my life, like in a more like creative way. Like, so it's like easy to read and kind of, um, see if people are able to relate to that, uh, South Asians and non-South Asians alike, because we have our own unique struggles. But I also think that if we can kind of get other groups of people to see to see us and hear our voices, then it ultimately will help um, us as well. And I love that you said that, right? Like yeah. when we uh, started this as well, as you we were just talking to you guys, you we were like, Okay, there's not really a lot out there that like on a regular day-to-day basis, somebody's talking about these issues that both of you guys have just brought up. But I think you bring up a super good point, like South Asians and non-South Asians alike. Um, because one of the first things that we found out um, when we started putting out all these like, you know, initial uh, episodes and stuff like that was also like... Uh, we were getting these messages from like, you know, uh, people from the Hispanic community, people mm-hmm. from the Black community... Right. Right. A lot of other people can like relate to just the same content, right. just the same topics. And then like and one, you know, specific overlap that we saw was like from the Asian community, mm-hmm. like yeah. a lot of so much, so much where it's like when we talked about no creative careers as a seen as a real career or like being know, children of immigrants. That was a big one. Mm-hmm. Very big one. Or even like perfectionism again. Mm-hmm. It's like. Yeah expectations and being perfectionists are something that is i guess part of our dna so like uh i i love that you said that that it's you know it's for both yeah but also the reason we're gathered here today is because like we never made real south asian friends because we've always come from this thing of like 
do your own thing. You're on your own. Be like an independent, like be this closed off person. And so like, Mm -hmm. you know, this itself is a journey for us, not only our podcast, but also like having people like you and making these connections. I feel like I've known you guys forever now, (laughs) which is really good. (laughs) So, so, you know, yeah. And thank you so much. That sounds great. And I can't wait to hear more from you about that. Um, (laughs) Hi. Tell us about yourself um, and like, you know, what made you start, um, you know, your Instagram page and and your experiences so far into like, you know, uh, why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, So I started my platform on Instagram called Bobby Speaks um, and very similarly to the other two. So I actually only started it at the end of uh Oh no, beginning of June, sorry. And it's it's gone really well. I've really enjoyed it. Its main purpose really is just to speak out about topics that men face on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Um, I did start it off, you know, to try and target towards the South Asian community, but to be honest, I've completely scrapped that. It's really now just for men because right. and women, because the things that affect us as men are impacting women um as a knock-on effect anyway. Um so for me. I started it because growing up, I think we're already at a disadvantage because we're, you know, in a minority as a community. On top of that, then being, um, you know, identifying as bisexual makes me even more um, at risk of suffering certain things in the community. So going through those things, I think that um, I didn't have the platform there to be able to seek help and advice and support and be able to relate to things. I had to go through that all myself and not read anything or be supported by anyone else. So now I've got to a stage where I'm, I guess, more comfortable in my own skin and the person I am. I'm comfortable enough to post things and be a platform that can provide support to other men that I wish I had. Um, so that's really what my main purpose is and what I've been doing. The reception has been um, a lot of work, but then it's almost like a full-time job. But um, it's been really fun and I've enjoyed it because I've been able to build real lasting relationships from it and actually make friends through people's pain and stories. Um, so I'm just continuing to do that. I'm really not thinking too much into the content I'm putting out. I genuinely mean that. Like I, like I was saying before Ram joined the call that... Um, I just try and think of a topic and then write about it and a personal experience in that. And it's just been crazy. Then you sit back and you realize how much you've been through as a person as well. And that you can appreciate. You're still like, oh, wow, I didn't re- actually realize, you know, the impact that those things had on me. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm, you know, I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary. I'm really just relate- relating a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, uh, that I've been through uh, and speaking about that. And you kind of realize how much impact that can have on other people. So, yeah. Thank awesome. you so much. Yeah, I love the part where you said uh, where you had to get comfortable with yourself first uh, before putting your, you know, everything that you're doing out there. I think that's the same with us. You know, before we even started this podcast, we had to get comfortable with like, first of all, I guess, like being South Asian, mm-hmm. you know, like we did move to the United States and, you know, coming here like I guess we really had to like find our place and we still do, you know, mm-hmm. that like are we this are we that are we in between like which one is it so i think it took us a while to get comfortable with that and starting this and putting our stuff out there completely and you should have seen the looks on our dad's faces or our mom's faces and we're like 
Hey guys, we're talking to brown people. <laughs> they were so excited for us. They're like, they're like what? What happened? And, and so like, and isn't it funny though? Like uh, something that you were saying before, being comfortable with being comfortable with yourself, just just relating your story. I think that um, we as South Asian people, we've been brought up to kind of like suppress our feelings and not mm-hmm. acknowledge that we are allowed to have emotions and we're allowed to have feelings and specifically like one thing that has happened in our lives is that um our mom's diagnosis with multiple sclerosis has really shaped the way that we've you know grown up um so we all we were three sisters and we've grown up to like you know be more responsible than we've had you know than we had to and then um obviously doing you know not only things around the house but then also like just have this general grown-up view of life and our dad throughout this whole thing has been like our rock mm. yeah we always say this that we're one of those like few blessed people that you know have a parent that is so understanding you know our dad has always raised us to just speak just say your mind don't put anything inside you know don't keep anything in and yeah and uh and we we understand we actually in our very first episode we mm. recognize that privilege because we know uh and there have been plenty of examples in our lives where girls have not had that privilege mm. from our culture yeah my mom being one actually yeah yeah um, resulting in her diagnosis actually exactly yeah. so um we understand that multiple sclerosis is actually a neurological disease but her doctors actually concluded that because of her suppressed state of mind and emotions that actually kind of like really you know ramped up her diagnosis unfortunately as well and Priya something you were saying before like the not acknowledging mental health as being a real condition is a real problem and Mm so just like our mom like she has been diagnosed for official like you know depression and anxiety multiple times throughout her life but just the stigma of like going to the doctor about for it and then taking medications for it antidepressants for it herself too honestly like she there have been times where she doesn't want people to know that she was on antidepressants. Right. And it has kept her from going to a therapist all her all her life, really. Which we think that, like, you know, has never allowed her to really acknowledge her own conditions. So, uh, you know, it, and it this all of this to say that, you know, it makes us question all these, like, beliefs or, like, mm-hmm. impositions that we've grown up with. Mm-hmm. So talking about that a little bit. Has there ever been like, you know, a belief or an imposition from like, you know, what you feel from your culture or your upbringing that you felt like has pushed you or made you who you are in any aspect of your life today? Um, for me, I would probably say like the community aspect, like growing up, like that was quite a big thing. And I was like brought up in quite a white neighborhood. So there wasn't a lot of like Gujarati Indian people. But when there was like we did a lot of events together, we really kind of looked out for each other, supported each other. And um, one of my dad's uh, friends to this day, like historically, my mum basically when they um, immigrated over here, her grandfather was a refugee and they actually met in the refugee camps um, and they carried on their friendship even like to this day and like loads of Gujaratis in these refugee camps when they were like kicked out of Uganda and in Kenya and stuff um, they really kind of relied on each other and that kind of spirit of like communities like having each other's back so I think that definitely because 
with Desi Brotherhood, like I've said before, like I want that to be like a community aspect. I want women, men, the older generation, the younger generation, all to have like a seat at the table, all to like have this conversation to really like challenge like taboo subjects. So um, I think that's one thing that's rubbed off on me, but in like a positive way. And like one thing that I'll always like value about Indian culture or South Asian culture. That's so nice, honestly. And like, how has your experience been so far in like, we are always talking about this gap between like our parents don't understand us our mm. grandparents definitely don't get us <laughs> oh yeah so well, how have you like navigated that so far I mean I've always been like the troublemaker and like very like loud person in the family and I like break the rules and stuff so like they've just been really like shocked compared to like my other siblings where they like did maybe things like the right way or like my siblings were just a lot better at like hiding it whereas I was like I'm going out with this person I'm doing this I'm gonna get my eyebrow this I'm gonna behave this way and there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> so I think they were just like oh wow we can't control this guy but then again it's like the privileges of like if I was a female that would not have happened do you know what I mean so it's just like right. me realizing that too so I think in all honesty like my parents really appreciate how bold and honest I am um mm -hmm. just because the other ones have been a lot more maybe like secretive um or they will just do things in line with what my parents want but I'm just very much not like that so I think like maybe that was difficult like me growing up and that was like you know that was hard on them and it was hard for me but like now they're able to like appreciate that honesty a lot more like now as an adult so so yeah it's just kind of I bridge that gap by basically breaking the rules and creating my own rules that is so refreshing that's really nice to hear <laughs> so so nice to hear <laughs> that is so refreshing and um Priya I want to like you know uh, ask you the same question like uh, Ram did bring up a really good point it's like I understand that that mm -hmm. might have not been the case had I been a female any thoughts on that and like you know if any if there's any one particular aspect that has shaped you to kind of like lead you know these decisions that you made in life yeah I mean I think at least for me growing up um my parents immigrated to the U.S. um well I guess my dad immigrated about uh 10 years before going back to India and marrying my mom and settling in the U.S. and so we were already kind of away from extended family. And then it got to a point where we were ending up moving from one part of the country to California. And uh, my dad had the choice to settle down in like this huge daisy community or find a place that was not so close. Right. And he ended up choosing that because he, in the end of the day, didn't really want us to be around such um, competitive, cut, like a competitive cutthroat environment. Because even though having those connections with people that are of the same culture have good aspects to them that they also comes with their not so good aspects so um i think for me growing up um i almost felt like i had to learn all these rules without no one telling me and it was also i was also very like a, a quiet child um in public settings because i didn't want to look like that loud like or get into trouble kind of um kid um so there were a lot of things that I kind of assumed about Indian culture, but I really wasn't actually told by my parents, like, oh, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to be. Mm -hmm. um, but I assumed, like, I needed to be quiet. I assumed I needed to be good at math or science and um, not talk about boys or whatever. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, as I grew up, like, I kind of realized that a lot of those things that I internalized were not really solidified by other people. They were just kind of taken in by whatever I saw in the movies or like thought other people were saying. Um, but I think after having conversations like with my dad and um, at least like my close cousins, um, 
I kind of was able to make up my own opinions about things and um, kind of not be so strict about certain things. Um, but I think growing up, it was definitely a struggle trying to figure out like what I need to, what I needed to be. And I think you mentioned earlier, like you're still having that issue of like figuring out your identity and like, where do you really fit in? And that's something that I've always struggled with. Like, I don't see myself as like completely American, even though I was born in the U S but I also don't see myself as hundred percent lazy. So I'm like somewhere in the middle and trying to figure that out. And yeah, I think that's where I am right now. So we should just make our own ethnicity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should just half and half i don't know what we're gonna call it yet but i have a feeling there's enough of us yeah um to start a whole uh group (laughs) to to start out i'm gonna have to call it i don't know what we're gonna call it. it's not an ethnicity but yeah we're we're from somewhere and we're gonna make a land um but no that's i agree i we we don't know and so like but you are like impressively i mean I, I was just like i was raving about you to her to you know to our parents and we're like yeah we're talking about this people and like um you know you're a scientist mm-hmm. and i myself actually fought for i did a double major in bioscience and graphic design that was like my brain was like what is going on for like four years uh so i was not <laughs> kind to myself but like in the end i ended up choosing design and like you know really pursuing that in my master's and as creating digital products and like you know services and then of course designing like environments for people but i had to fight a lot for that and the same over here you know especially as like i'm 25 and like you know aunties and uncles are like always asking like i when was this i think it was like last year where like i was sitting on the dining table with my mom and my dad and this random auntie just calls up my dad and he goes like and she goes like you know and i know something's happening because i can see this like mischievous grin on my dad's face and my dad is like the kind of person who's like you know he's like he 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 likes to play he's like yeah i know what's going on like i'll i'll I'll, like give this person whatever they want and so like my dad like you know hits the loudspeaker and this auntie is going like i have this da 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 dude in like da 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 city in pakistan and like you know like she just graduated like uh her master's like what is your plan for her and i am dying i'm like dying 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 and my dad is dying and i'm like haha and i'm like what and he he puts the, he's like and my dad was like thank you so much no yeah no i i will i'm like yeah no you're absolutely right of course this is important like yeah of course this is important but she's actually very busy at the moment <laughs> and like he completely got the call right and like i'm like was that about what I think it was about? So, like, you know, I want to ask, like, yeah. how have you, have you, number one, been in a situation like that? And number two, <laughs> and that was not the only situation, right? Like, that wasn't the only time. But, like, what you're obviously this, like, awesome person who's literally pursuing your dreams and like, you know, another country and everything like that. What is your view about that? How do you fight that? What What is that scenario for you like? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like over the years, like through undergrad and like my PhD, I was kind of able to hide behind the idea of like, oh, I'm studying, like I don't have time for like anyone or anything. Um, But actually about a year ago when I did finish my PhD, I did have a relative (laughs) bring up a an alliance of some sort mm-hmm. um but i um, i was talking to my dad about it and we were like semi-joking about it as well um and we ultimately just said like well you know she's still busy she wants to focus on her career and life abroad so i think for me like 
And I mean, I do know like in undergrad, like I had a lot of like issues with like my mental health. And so that really impacted my social interactions as a whole. Right. Um, but then when I did get into my PhD and like towards the end of it, like I did want to consider something like that, like kind of opening up more, like meeting more people, seeing where things could go. Right. Um, but I also didn't want it to be like so structured. Right. I kind of wanted to see what was out there first before really making a solid decision about something. But yeah. Oh, I'm so glad yeah. that, you know, again, we, we actually recognize this as a privilege that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny because we don't have to fight our parents, right? We have to fight other people. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> other people who have like absolutely no like actual right to have an opinion on that, you know, in your life anyway. But like, I don't know, like, how does the thought come to their mind? Like, okay, I have this guy in like a corner or somewhere and then. I'm going to wake up one day. I have Kinza. So like, let me just. You know, smush them together. Like what? How? That is that is which you know kind of like brings me to you, Bobby. Like you just mentioned, I want to like open up the floor to you and like kind of like talk to me about like you know what has it been like navigating this relationship and who you are part to a culture that doesn't even fully understand where to begin with this stuff. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think it's a good question. I. I um... I resent, I, there's a lot of resentment that I have towards the community just because of the environment which I grew up in. So my parents uh, are born, born in England and you, they are quite liberal, but still having a massive influence from the community, they felt kind of torn between acting a certain way in line with how they should be, but then also to reflect the community as well. So it was always a battle for them. Uh, and I think that I, I even now, optionally choose not to mix too much with the community just because I've seen the negative impact it's had on me. Um, I, being completely honest, like if I'm in a situation where there's lots of South Asians, it almost gives me a bit of anxiety just thinking that I know I'm not going to fit in with them, which is fine. But going through all of that, I think, has definitely shaped the person I am now because I know there are so many people who don't speak out about things because they're worried about how they'll be perceived and perception runs through like perception runs through the whole of that community like how you're perceived what you'll look like you know are you married or are you single all of those things right. all come up and they're a reflection of what people think of you right. um so i think in terms of like navigating it it's just really simple like i literally just didn't care what people think um and just did what was best for me uh, my main aim always was to have my parents on side and convince them as much as possible at the same time if they didn't then i would still trust myself that i'm not doing anything wrong and actually a lot of the community don't live their life truthfully and that's so sad it's so so sad and um i get up every day knowing that i'm doing whatever i want and as long as it's not hurting people in the process i'm doing nothing wrong so it's been difficult especially because you know, this community teaches you to suppress so many things, but yet they also want to know so much about your life at the same time. So That's it's so like, funny. <laughs> there's such an imbalance. Like if we want you to hide everything and we want you to never speak about your emotions, but we want to know everything that's going on in your life. So it's like, you can't win either way. Um, and that's just like, it baffles me because our community wants to know what's going on all the time and you shouldn't have to open yourself up like that if you don't want to people shouldn't be able to comment on you know your sexuality or, or your relationship status or your education so when people get involved it really just irritates me and i think you know 
being 24 and, and knowing like all those things that have gone on for all those years, I don't want to ever be part of that again. So since I've had my own independence and moved out of home and done my own thing, I've been able to really shape the environment that I'm in. Whereas before you have no choice, like you're just stuck there, aren't you? So you just follow them. Uh, and my brother, like he's 17 and I see him and I'm just like, yeah, you've got a long way to go because you're still going to be there. You, you've just got to grin and bear it. You really do. You have to live your life, but you also can't do much when you're living at home because that environment will always be there. Even if your parents don't believe in it, there's still going to be people who are fostering that environment. So it's like when I go to family functions, it's almost like you're switching back into um, another mode of environment. Now we have to be in this mode where it's like, be careful what you say, what you do. And that's just, it's such a load of rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's it's a switch that goes on and off. I'm sure that's like for everybody. <laughs> Whenever you're in the environment, you just like boop, completely different. Now you have to like watch everything you're saying and everything you're doing. It's crazy, honestly. Yeah. It's so crazy. It frustrates me so so much that you have to actually change how you speak, what you do, right. you know what what you talk about, and then they wonder why people are so upset. And especially in this community, like mental health is so bad. And the reason why it is, is because the community are killing people. It's as simple as yes. that. And there's no, there's no roundabout way of, of, of going around that. They are encouraging people to talk, but at the same time, talk about things that they want them to talk about. Completely. So mm-hmm. when they don't, where do they go? They have nowhere to go. Oh my God. I, it is a lot of rubbish. <laughs> I've always said it is a lot of rubbish. And like, this is what we feel that these people hide behind what they've like now called traditions Mm -hmm. or like all like if you don't do this or if you don't shut up or if you do bring up a certain like topic or whatever is it is disrespectful like us as when i compare like myself not compare myself in like you know a non-healthy way but like in the sense that like other 25 year old girls and like you know another uh culture like you know a white girl or something like our lives are or the way that we approach things are just very different but if i have to like think about going out there has to be you know not again our dad is like super amazing and like he understands but like for instance when we had to i think like attend like a thing for school or something like that and our grandparents were over there were like a ton of questions (laughs) they were like and they were over for like what two hours they were like where is she going why is she going who is, is she going for? with what is this for is this a waste of time and i'm like like you're i have a train to catch like <laughs> what are you saying and so like you know have you ever do you think like it's because like these beliefs and again like you know these this mask of like traditions has just been passed down and people are just hiding behind these things to like you know as an excuse to never evolve yeah right yeah i i definitely think yeah i definitely think that's the case because for so many years we've just done what people well i haven't i never will but people have done what people have wanted to do right so they told them to do something and then they've done it and that environment will always be the same if people don't step out of their comfort zone and challenge those things so yes there are things that are you know you finish university and then it's like okay well culturally the next milestone is to get back get married and then the next milestone is to get a house and the next milestone is to have kids so if people are if people are doing those because they feel the pressures of doing those then 
and they're doing it to basically keep everyone happy, then that environment will always be there. It will never change. But then when people are actually challenging the status quo and going about their life in the way they want to live their life, then eventually when we have our kids and generations and generations past Mm -hmm. us, then they'll be able to do whatever they want. So I definitely think there are things that you um they expect you to do like they expect they expect you know the whole culture expects you to be born and be heterosexual of course you would never be anything else of course you wouldn't like you're just born heterosexual like that's it so there, there's things that well, you can never speak about but if you want to if you want to kind of see that change you have to do it yourself you have to step out of your comfort zone right yeah and for us i think that was as simple as it sounds, uh, getting into creative fields, right? Like for our grandparents, the only grandkids that they, you know, are proud of, (laughs) are proud of, are the ones that are radiologists or dentists or pharmacists, you know, and to this day, after like so many years of schooling, they still don't know what we really do. Um, So yeah, for us, like changing and breaking the rules was literally schooling, like what we're going in for. Yeah. And they have no clue why we talk to people from the... They're like, who do you have a call? Like, why are you calling people? I'm like, I have, how do I even begin explaining? (laughs) I'm like, how do I tell you? How do we tell you that this is a real thing that people do? But, you know, I I think all of you guys, we're just so, like, we're sitting here in awe of you guys and, like, seeing three other amazing people saying, I decided to be the change. I decided to break the cycle. I decided this was, like, this BS was enough. This is a load of rubbish. I love that. I'm yeah, me too. literally going to put it on a shirt and wear it all day long. <laughs> so thank you for doing that. Like literally just taking a moment here and being grateful for like bringing your perspective to the world. So yay. I'm going to add like a, you know, visual. I'm going to add a sound effect here for claps. And I know that we're going to have like subsequent, we're going to have following episodes where we talk to you guys one-on-one on like plenty of things in detail. So like, yes. you know, stay tuned guys for that. Yeah. But, you know, I want to, you know, since this is a kind of like an umbrella episode, I do want to shift the lens a little bit to like, you know, talking about mental health in general. I, I don't want to say like, you know, how did we get here? I just want to ask like, why are we not getting there fast enough? Is there any like, what are some of the barriers that you guys are seeing, as, even as you navigate through your own journey and like, you know, talking to more people about it, looking at, let's see, we go to a, we go to a family dinner and we come back with like needing a week's worth of self-care, you know? So like, what has been, you know, what has been your understanding so far? Why, why aren't we getting there faster enough? While the rest of the world seems to understand what mental health is, seems to recognize that, you know, depression and anxiety are a condition that need to be treated. And like just the ability to express yourself openly. Why do you think those things are a thing in our culture still? I think um, just from my perspective of what I've seen, it's very much like mental health was probably like not their first priority, like from my parents' generation, like they had to survive, they had to be financially stable, they had four kids, they had a family to feed in the village and like whether they're upset or not feeling good or not getting treated for their undiagnosed mental health issues, it's like that's the last thing on their list. So I think I think it comes from that. It's like they've got South Asians have so many other issues in surviving, especially with like my parents' generation. Like that's what it was. It was about surviving, like building your own business, helping your families. And it was just like everybody was in that survival mode. 
Whereas now, when like the young generation want to talk about mental health, they're like, well, we never talked about it. So like, you know, we never got that treatment. So why do you guys need to do it? We just, you know, kind of hustled and bustled and dealt with it. Um, and I think that's what the gap is. It's like, because they didn't make it a priority, but they did suffer from it, but they just didn't have time to really talk about it. And now their suffering has kind of like transcended down to us. And we have the voice to speak about it because, you know, maybe we're from the UK or we're from the States and stuff where like, it's a bit more acceptable to talk about, but they're finding it difficult on why we're making it such a big issue. Um, and like, I just remember even when I like traveled India and I went to see my family in the village for like a month, there was always that um, kind of, I guess, like jealousy between like the older generation, and the younger generation, like, well, you didn't have it as bad as me. Like you didn't have it as hard as me. And it was like, even like the um, older generation would tell like my cousins were like 18 and 20 and they have to get arranged marriages. They were like, well, that's good because I got married at 17. So I'm giving you those three years. Like imagine what it's like for me. And I think it is like, a bit like resentment. So like when you do talk talk about these things it's like well I didn't have time to think about it I didn't have time to worry about it so do you know what I mean I think it's just yeah, like mm -hmm. that whole idea of like bridging that gap and being like yeah you didn't have the time to talk about it but like maybe now is the time um, and I think they're like well I'm 60 now I've got no problems to deal with it like now <laughs> so but yeah that's kind uh, of my so perspective true. that's how I've seen it with like my parents and stuff it's like they didn't have time to think about their mental health yeah um, and I think that's why there's so many South Asians that mm -hmm. I see um, from my parents generation that are like very much like undiagnosed and it's just like word of mouth in the community oh they're not well but right. we're not doing anything to help them because we didn't have the time I guess back then yeah yeah and like I want to ask like so when you're met with like you know oh I didn't have the time back then or why is it such a big deal mm -hmm. for you how do you like find yourself like not just going like you're crazy and like you know what is what is uh, has become your like response to this be like now that we're adults <laughs> yeah i mean i guess like my response is like bringing up examples like where people have been seriously like affected by it and like the long-term like implications of that mm. and then explain to them like how when i've spoken to like other south asian like um people my age it's like a really big prominent issue and i and i think it's like that disconnect like well with, within my family anyway it's like there's always been that gap of like they don't really know me and I don't really know them and it's kind of like we're still trying to like really understand each other and now getting older I'm able to like respect them a bit more compared to when I was a kid I was just like very much like an alien concept between right. being Indian and my family so um so I think it's that and like with me I mean I don't know if it's easier but just I just I like to have these conversations and I like to push the boundaries. And when like you have that like no like no, what's it called like that um, annoying auntie or uncle that comes round, I purposely say things to make them feel uncomfortable because mm -hmm. I want them. I want to see their reaction and I want to see like how they'll respond because I'm like you know what the only way things are going to get better if you get a bit yeah. uncomfortable with yeah. certain conversations. So like even in India with my cousins, they're like 14, 18, but we all know like they have a big like hypersexual problem there i started talking to them openly about sex and saying like you know consensual sex in the uk and relationships and stuff and they were just like so shocked but you could <laughs> tell like they were they found it so like healthy like finally okay. somebody's talking about it so yes but that's me personally like not everybody's gonna have the confidence to say that to an auntie uncle or like to their family so 
it's so yeah it's a difficult one oh thank you yeah. for saying all of them <laughs> no i love the part where you said that like saying something in front of like these aunties and uncles just to make them feel uncomfortable their yeah. reaction is just the best they just exactly. don't know what to say <laughs> they don't like, know what, what to say they look around the room they look at my mom and dad and i'm like they know me you know me now so <laughs> same same here same here <laughs> <laughs> completely agree um priya bobby like what what are you guys saying why do you think we're not there yet i mean i think when i look at my parents generation it's really interesting because um like my dad like over the years he was telling me like he really did not know what the mental illness was until he came to the us and to me that's really shocking because i'm pretty sure mental illness was pretty rampant back then as much as it is now right. if not more Um, but on the other hand, on my mother's side, um, she has a mental illness and her brother also had a mental illness. Um, but in the case of her brother, it occurred like super early in his life. And at least from what I've been told or have seen, um, a lot of that was really kept private. And, um, it was almost seen as if he was this secret in the family. Um, and whereas with my mom, we really didn't see the signs for her, um, mental illness until, um when i was like in, in adolescence and right. so and even with her it was just one of those things where my dad was very private about it he did not want to really open up to other people or other relatives right. um even talking to other relatives about why they you couldn't invite them to the house was like a huge deal um because they would say okay but then go behind her back and say to other people oh you know my dad didn't invite so and so to his house when my daughter was visiting or something like that. Uh, um so, you know, keeping that secret like keeping that as a secret like growing up to me it, it was just felt really wrong. It felt like why why are we hiding this? Why can't we tell people the truth? And I think another issue is just the fact that mental illness in the South Asian community is just kind of like I think what Ron was saying earlier is just kind of like a afterthought. Right. Um something that is not really seen as a priority or something that's just part of life. Um, and then I think all of my, at least with my environment and the, my parents and things like that, I think that also kind of triggered my own mental um, issues going up, um, because I did suffer from, suffer from depression. I did develop an eating disorder. Um, well, one of the things I remember in the initial years of my eating disorder was the fact that even my own father at the time, like, didn't really see it as a big deal. Hmm. I remember him saying like, oh, you know, girls like you don't get that. And I'm like, you know, you're literally saying that. Like you're making this implication that, you know, this is not a brown girl problem or something right. like that. Um, but I mean, over the years, he learned what it was and that it was a real issue. And, right. you know, he, he was a huge help in my recovery. Um, but I think and I mean, compared to where we were now, I mean, compared to where we were before, I think we're doing a lot better. But there's so many more things that we need to do to improve. Uh, but I think um Uh, the people here and also just reaching out and developing that community and making sure that we raise this issue and put it on the pedestal yeah. it needs to be put on is like a, you know a good step in the right direction oh i completely yeah. agree yeah. and uh you know it does start within like our parents really um you know just like have so now that like because of this pandemic you know our therapy sessions are online um you know every friday <laughs> every friday I, when i do have my therapy session you know first like with my dad he was like oh like what are you doing like is it a doctor's appointment like what is it and like slowly by slowly like we had to like ease him in into like what this therapy session is and then i remember one time i came out of it um 
and he was like right in the basement and he's like oh so what did you guys talk about like you know what kind of personal things and i was like you know just things and then he's like well you know you 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 go to a therapist because you want to talk about personal things like he wasn't like you know he wasn't like interrupting in like my therapy but like he wanted to know more about it i guess he was like curious so it's nice to like see when parents are um curious but not pushing you too much and you know kind of understanding what we're trying to do oh i agree and like I think you, our parents are like so funny and I feel like a little fragile. It's like they want to know more and then they're like, no, 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 everything yeah. is fine. And then yeah. they want to know more and they're like, no, 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 no everything is fine. <laughs> it's like we're, we're living at like this really fine balance. I'm talking about like our adults in general. They're so used to the norm and the normalcy and like what that looks like that any of that, like just like that balance is interrupted and they're like, whoa what's happening and then you know they want to bring it back and so completely agree like i you know when i was probably i was telling you that in my in the first year of my master's i you know was suffering Mm. from panic attacks and stuff like that and i was like dude i can't live like this i need to change something and i went to my first you know therapist and well i was i was allowing myself to like you know say finally you know break down that conception i have myself like i'm strong this doesn't happen to me i can be okay so i'm doing that for myself but then like priya what you just said is completely true i was doing that for my dad as well who's always seen me like the strong person who knows that you he can depend on me and like you know he knows that i'm like always structured i have the answers and da 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 and now he's seeing this person go to another like person and actually paying to talk to this person. So those are like foreign concepts that I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a there's a gap when it comes to our yeah. older generation that they don't understand. And Bobby, yeah, I really want to hear from you too. What do you think, you know, is holding us back right now to getting there faster where like the rest of the world seems to like at least pretend to catch up? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it definitely comes from the fact that in the South Asian community, most of the families are led by a male figure. So mm. coming from that, where men typically suppress their feelings anyway, right. that's been passed down into families. So, you know, in a in a patriarchal family, if you think about the fact that um, a dad is typically going to hide his emotions, which then his wife will then feel that she can't speak about her emotions, which then instills in the kids that they shouldn't speak about their emotions. And then that just gets passed down further and further and further. Um, so I think with that generation, they're not as self-aware as we are. We are so self-aware. Like we recognize, um, you know, patterns in our, in our behavior. And we know that if we're not feeling okay, we, we know that because we're self-aware as our parents and that generation typically are, it's so fast paced that they're just always chasing the next thing. So it's like working and right. then raising your kids and then providing for your kids or whatever you're doing there. So this is never a time to just sit back and actually reflect. Mm. So I think the self-awareness is a real, real issue there because they just don't take time for that. Um, so I think we have, we definitely come a long way, but there's still such a long way to go. Like um, a prime example is like my uh, grandma suffers, well, she's diagnosed with bipolar and um, it took us so many years to really spot it, even though the signs were, were there, it was really difficult for us to spot it because we were never really equipped or kind of provided with that level of knowledge to know what a mental health uh, you know, issue is. Mm. Um, and it does make you think like for it to take that long, it's really dangerous for people. And mm. we need to get quicker at spotting those signs, which we are now, but that's because we're self-aware. So I think it, it takes just you educating yourself as well. Our parents never really 
took time to do those things. And I don't think they understand the fact that whatever you put in is obviously going to come out in a positive or negative way. Right. Um, so that's really important. And I think we we understand ourselves so well, which is why we're, do, we're kind of able to do that. And it's quite sad when you think about it that like, I think with parents, you end up parenting them as you get older. So it's like, mm. they parent you, but then my mum will like come to me for advice and I'm I'm almost the parent now and she's mm. a child and I'm reassuring her and I'm teaching her and I'm taking her on journey. And she will sometimes ring me and just say, you know, like I've learned so much from what you've been speaking about today. Or she'll listen to my podcast and she listened to the last episode and was like, you know, I really learned so much about this. And it was like, for those tables to turn and your parents to learn off you is when the generations will change. Oh my God. That is so, awesome. That is so awesome. And we completely agree. Like, you know, the, the roles switch. And I think that that's like a perfect segue into like what I was going to ask you guys next is like, we're learning about ourselves. Like we said, you know, who we are, what is that middle, what does that new uh, identity look like? All of that <laughs> stuff. And one of the, one of the aspects in there is like, who do we become as we like grow up and who do we become to our parents? Because our relationship has obviously definitely involved, evolved to like being more of like friends. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Rather than, and I think that has been actually very key in them, like mm. understanding that when we explained what therapy is, when we explain what a podcast is, when we explain why we do things and I don't want to go to that relative's house because they make me absolutely so mad. And I cannot agree with them on a single thing and sit down and have dinner with them because that's not happening. So like, they you understand. Know, yeah. They understand now. So like, I want to ask, like, you know, part of this podcast has always been we recognize things, what we can contribute to and change in, like, uh, in breaking that vicious cycle. But, like, there are certain things definitely that we know that we want to learn more about as well. So we often find ourselves, like, checking ourselves and saying, like, oh, is this the right thing? Uh, is there better knowledge about it there, etc.? Because we do believe that, like, awareness and growth comes from the fact that, like, hey, I could be wrong about this and I need to learn more about this. So, um, you know, I'll start and I want to like ask you guys, especially in the context of being South Asians and having uh, been born and raised in other cultures, especially moving from Pakistan, we didn't have enough knowledge about like the LGBTQ plus community or like, you know, issues about what they face or even like skin color or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't an issue. Like race wasn't an issue for us living in Pakistan more like colorism and classism was. So our perspectives have had to change and we've had to learn about things that we definitely previously, well, number one, some things are just completely like censored off, right? From your education, <laughs> if you're living in another country. But like, you know, there were definitely things that we are censored from in our culture as well, even if you were like living elsewhere. So like, do you guys find yourself in a, in a situation where like, I would like to learn a little bit more about this because I'm not educated enough and I'm really curious. So like, any any thoughts on that um yeah i guess for me it was more because i was from that white neighborhood in brighton i really like you know resented and suppressed like my culture and i didn't want to be indian i just thought indian was a thing that i just behaved at home but in my personal life like i just saw myself as like i kind of just saw myself as like a white kid or i just saw mm -hmm. myself like around white people and i was like that i wanted to be like that cool brown kid that was kind of accepted amongst like my white like friends and people at school and stuff so 
I think like, yeah, around like my mid twenties, I was like, you know what? I do want to kind of discover more on who I am and my culture and my history and stuff. And my dad did do a good a job at kind of reminding us of our culture and like making us like go through the Mahapada like a million times and stuff. <laughs> um, but I think it was like, because I was forced it so much. I was like, oh my God, this is boring. But like now I'll look up things like myself and I'll have a conversation with him and I'll like even challenge him and like challenge his like ideology on things. And I think, yeah, I think it's just a really like interesting and good conversation. And then a second thing which has really helped was just traveling, like traveling on my own, being four mm. months. I did four months in Southeast Asia and then four months in India and just kind of like being on my own, learning about the history and just like really appreciating it. And especially with India, you see like the beautiful side and like the ugly side. It's like very like in your face and it's very obvious. You know, I was in like a nice hotel and then outside there was just like all these people like on the streets, very poor that couldn't even like get any food or water and stuff. Um, I saw like another guy like try and rob another guy. It was just like, just crazy things were happening. It was just so like in your face. And I think like that's really helped as well. And I think just like reading more and just trying to like get those unanswered questions like figured out in my head. Um, and there's just things that I'll like, I, I guess just like little things that I'll take from each like culture or each like, I don't know, scripture or stories from Hinduism that I'll appreciate. Um, and it's kind of my choice and how I kind of, um, I guess, like take that in. But I think, yeah, having that conversation with my parents and talking to my grandparents, trying to listen to their struggles and yeah, their stories and stuff has definitely helped. How nice. And I like that you brought up religion too. Like that's mm. like a, whew, like a whole another, I feel like field, right? Like yeah. no idea. Because I feel like sometimes a lot of this stuff, people have like weird interpretations of like what their particular religion says and then layer that on top of all the toxicity that's already going on. So exactly. like, yeah. so yeah, cause I, I mean like being from this like white neighborhood, I mean, I only really discovered more about Indian culture, like around like, you know, my twenties and stuff. So I feel like mm. being Indian has, I'm like eight years old and being Indian, <laughs> I'm 28 now. So I'm just like, I was years. like white for like 20 years and now I'm like Indian for eight years and now I'm like discovering all this stuff and like, what I was telling you guys before is like now that I have been getting into it, like right. the younger generation, like my siblings will try and like take the piss out of me and be like, you're such a freshie. But when I was 14, I was like seen as this coconut. So it's like sometimes you can never win, but I'm just I'm just happy on like my journey mm. in like discovering and learning. That's things, really so. nice. We look so bashful here because we're your older siblings that like we did that to our younger sister where she was trying to like, yeah, there was a name she was trying to pronounce and you, she did it like in such a funny way and we just made fun of her for a yeah. week. Yeah, so, yeah, no, yeah, we do sorry. that to all of her words, but obviously that's not to discourage her or anything. It's really cute that she does try because she did, you know, we she was six when we got here, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so she basically, you know, did her elementary school and everything here so um she considers herself pretty white but then she does try yeah. she really tries hard with the culture and it's cute but it's funny so we have to make fun of her <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anyway, we, we always we have like and you will discover more as we like record more episodes together we do like these moments of like self acknowledgement we're like yeah we're guilty <laughs> so we're guilty Param, <laughs> <laughs> no thank you um Priya what what do you know, think especially as we're asking this question we would love like you know hear you guys we would love to bring more people in that there are more of us out there so we would like to bring in more people you know we want to learn from so we're really curious what you find yourself wondering about or curious about that you want to learn yeah I mean for me um I always felt like I got bits and pieces of the culture growing up I mean 
because there was so much stuff going on within the family. There was really no structure in my learning. Like, for example, um, I would say I'm not fluent in my mother tongue, which is summer. Um, I do understand it, but um, it's difficult for me to speak it fluently even right now. Um, and I've already acknowledged that that's something that, you know, eventually I'll find my way to get there, but it's going to be a process. Um, but I think for me, um, I, my, my grandfather, my dad, on my dad's side, um, he was like a devout Hindu scholar. He went to the temple every day. He was really well regarded in the community. And um, he actually passed away a few years ago. And I really wish I could have been more confident in being able to talk to him because, I mean, he's my grandfather, but at the same time, I felt like he's like this like really amazing guy. Like, I don't want to say the wrong thing in front of him. And he's so like inspirational and devout. Like I want to be on my best behavior and my best impression. And so I, and and in that, with that mindset, I just like didn't say anything out of fear. Right. And I really regret that part because like, I feel like I could have learned so much from him. And so like at this point right now, I'm kind of like talked to my dad about certain things that he may have written about. Cause I know that um, my grandfather did write a lot of books about the history and the religion. And those are some things that I would eventually like to get a hold of and read one day. Um, but I think, um, at this point in time in my life, like I realized that I probably would have to go outside of my family to learn more about the details of the culture, the details of the religion. Mm. Um, yeah, because like I said, like growing up, it was always just bits and pieces. And as much as I would have loved to have like a more structured learning of my culture, it's it's just not the way it turned out. And right. so I realized that I'm aware of it. And it's just something that I'm going to have to like work on. Right. That's so nice. That's really nice. One thing that like we've always like found out and um, kind of like even believed is that spirituality or religion or like a belief, right? A general belief in the universe or karma or whatever it is. It's so personal. And so, yeah, I definitely want to hear more about like your guys's like, you know, your belief or whatever that center is. Manahal and I were recently like saying that we have a ball of like golden energy that either gets smaller or bigger like you know as the week goes by and so sometimes like you know and a couple of different things feed into it right like it could be religion it could be spirituality or karma or something bad or good that happened we were really sad about the fact that Daha couldn't join us and that like kind of reduced our ball but we were like okay he needs that uh you know time right now so that that kind of like sense of space made it grow again so yeah absolutely i, I think we're gonna note this down for like you know future episodes mm-hmm. together yeah. but bobby i would love to hear from you like what are some things that you feel like you would personally love to like know and like learning yeah um i think growing up when you're living at home like you're put into so many situations that you have no control over so mm-hmm. i think most of my learning came came from immersing myself in those situations because it was almost as if i haven't got a choice i have to be here so i'm just mm-hmm. going to try and make it as enjoyable as possible by learning as much as i can because i just don't want to be here at this wedding for example but we're just going to go with it because we have to right um so i think to be completely honest and i don't know how people probably interpret this but i think i've done my fair share of learning and now it's time for my culture to learn more about people like me um and so i spent you know 23 odd years uh, you know learning about my culture I was raised really closely with my grandparents. So I learned from that generation and then I have my mom's generation. And then all the things that you'll go to because of your culture, so weddings, parties, you know, all of that kind of stuff, you learn a lot about the culture. Right. And then I've been to India many times, similar to Ram. I, I, tra- I went traveling around India for um, three months, last year before last. So I kind of 
fell in love with India all over again. And, um, you know, for me, it's the best place to possibly go you and you learn so much so being completely honest will I know everything no but I mm-hmm. feel like I have learned so much um through different experiences and I welcome stories from my grandparents and my parents on a daily basis but now I've really made it clear to anyone who I'm close with in that in that kind of society or culture that now it's your turn to learn more about the way I am because I'm just one of many people who are choosing to live their life truthfully. Um, So now it's, I've really taken a back seat and I will choose to go to certain things that I want to go to and I will take interest in the things I want to. But at the same time, I'm very much pushing on my family to learn more about me and how I think, because I think it needs to be reciprocated because I think so many of us start to sometimes get into situations where we resent the culture because Mm. it's a lot of pressure. But at the same time, you can control that by saying, you know, stop. And you can almost make them now learn about you. So that's really my journey now is less learning about them and then more learning about me. Love that. That's awesome. I did just have a question, I guess, more for like Bobby and like if you guys, if you guys lived that kind of similar experience, but I never lived with my grandparents. Um, And then when I did see them, like my dad's side were in India, my mom's side, they weren't far. But again, I just always felt that like massive gap. And I was like, and three of them have passed away and there's one around. And I'm like asking all the questions now, like before anything happens, just to like really like form that connection and get those questions like answered and stuff. But do you guys think like that really helped like living with your grandparents and like knowing about your culture? Or do you not feel like that was a huge thing? Was it or yeah, just kind of interesting to learn? if that was a big impact. Bobby, please yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Huge. I, I absolutely love my grandparents. They're like the best thing ever. Like I, I would kill for them. I would love them more than my own parents. Like they're just amazing. And I think they're, they're just, they give you everything that you need that your parents can't always give because they can almost keep you but then return you back to your parents so it's that mutual understanding that they haven't got all responsibility over you um so like i'm really close with my mom's parents my my grandfather actually passed away in uh, february which was the worst thing that anyone can, i think can ever go through um especially because you know we pretty much live oh, there's 10 grandkids we pretty much lived with my grandparents growing up they raised us um we used to go to india with them and they lived here um you know we speak three times well i speak with my grandma like two three times a day like we facetime so we're really close so that's definitely taught me a lot because i learned punjabi straight away because living with them they don't speak in a word of english so learn punjabi there learn how to make punjabi food through that learn more about my religion because they would take me to the godwara obviously they had no choice they would just take me um so you kind of you're going there that when they're praying you're there um so all of that i just learned and i would never have learned half of that at home because mm. my mom's from here so her experience are very different uh and my grandparents have shaped everything i wouldn't be where i am now like my work ethic um you know just my dedication and all of that has come from them so i think for me definitely um i think grandparents are honestly like the best people ever like, i love them so yeah I, that's really I, cool Priya, I would love to hear you before we like you know, say something. Yeah, I mean, hearing Bobby's story, I'm like, man, I wish I could have spent that much time with my grandparents <laughs> because I only saw them like maybe every two years when we were younger. And 
Um, I, I feel like there just wasn't enough time. Mm-hmm. And then also when we were younger, you know, me and my sister were like, you know, little kids not just playing around, not really appreciating what they had to offer. Um, and then of course, as we got older, it was just harder to keep that connection with them because we would just see them for like three weeks and then like not see them physically for like another two, three years. And so it just got harder. And then it got to the point, at least for me, like I just kind of felt really closed off because again, I felt like I had to have this like um, impression and not say the wrong thing. And Mm -hmm. I think that really prevented me from like really connecting with them on a more um, personal level. Mm. Um, So I, I, yeah, I really do wish I had that kind of experience, but unfortunately I didn't. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, same for me. I didn't really like have that experience. But yeah, like listening to you guys, I'm like, oh, that sounds amazing. And I've seen like my cousins that did live with the grandparents and like they are a lot more like cultured. And I think like just a, more, a lot more confident on who they are and like their identity and stuff. And like when my grandparents passed away, like obviously I was sad, but there was that still gap where I was like, but who are they? And did I know them well enough? And I was more sad for my parents because they were upset rather than maybe emotionally for me, just because I had that gap. And then like now in my twenties and they're like, yeah, your granddad did this. Or he was this like amazing guy that did this. I'm like, Oh really? And I'm like, crap, I didn't know any of this. Like when I was younger and it's like a missed opportunity, but yeah, you learn and you grow. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I hear you. I feel like we're half and half. Yeah. Um, from my dad's <laughs> side, like, we didn't know his parents at all. At least for me. you. I mean, like, you're, you're a couple years older, so, like, she knew them a little bit, but I didn't, yeah. like, at all. And um, our grand, our dad's dad uh, recently had passed away t- two or three years ago. And obviously we were sad, but we didn't really, like, feel it, like, too much. Um. And now we hear like all these things that like you know he is a great he was a great artist and he made all these paintings and wrote all these books and we were like oh my god like <laughs> I wish <laughs> uh, we knew him but then like my mom's side um, her parents we basically grew up with them um, you know and they are like thirty minutes away from us and it's like the best thing ever and recently like. I've developed like a deeper connection with them. Um, since like Corona happened, we I like stayed with them a couple of uh, a couple of weeks, like here and there, and they're just the best. They're I've gotten to know them like so much better. I didn't even know that was like possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, they like Bobby said, like they just give you things that you know sometimes you just don't get from your parents. I feel like so you know that's really interesting that she says that because i i felt the connection kind of like for me at least and they're the same set of grandparents like change a little bit since i came to the states like i know that i i used to be like inseparable from them but ever since like i've Mm -hmm. had to i guess like like go to school here and like get a job and like you know and i think that that's actually something that we discuss in future episodes as well my grandmom really depended on us to like kind of like take her to craft stores and stuff like that and now that I don't have the time to kind of connect and bond with her on like things that she's interested in I've felt that gap appear and uh, I actually am kind of struggling a little bit to kind of like talk about things that they talk about now and that's a that's kind of like uncharted territory for me because I've I've always been able to connect with them and just run up to them and like you know talk for hours it's not the case anymore so uh I, yeah i wonder why and i'm like you know mm-hmm. ah. well yeah. yeah like going to school definitely and working well i don't we don't have time for them at all like not even like one second um right. but ever since like you know like quarantining this is just for me right like going to their house and staying there for a couple of days like that really gave me like a golden chance to you know 
um, connect with them because I didn't have to go to school or work or something like that. That mm. makes me feel less guilty, but, <laughs> you know, just a little bit <laughs> that they have somebody. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely they're, they're, they're a blessing for sure. They're awesome. But you guys won't believe it, but we're like an hour already. <laughs> um, oh, <whoa>. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what happens when we have like these awesome conversations. And I know that there is so much, so much that we've barely scratched, like, you know, a tiny, tiny surface, but this um, is just the first episode. This, this is, is just the first, the first episode, episode together. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have Taha joining us for so many more. And, uh, you know, of course, like, we, we know that we've, like, coordinated with, like, between each other about the different topics that you would like to talk about in particular. So we're excited for that. But any ending thoughts at all? What was your first experience like with us? And we'd just love to end on a note from you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I completely forgot that we're even doing a podcast. <laughs> I just felt like I just felt like we're doing a Zoom call. So I mean, Aww. it's been really nice. I felt really like eased into it. I felt really like natural. I was probably like talking loads, but um, that's always good. And we don't just, have like, to really... end, <laughs> but I know you guys are in a different time zone. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was just really awesome to like hear your perspectives on yeah, I guess your upbringings and like the different barriers you you guys have had to deal with. Um, and then I guess just compare them to myself and be like, oh, wow, like that's that's really cool. I didn't think of that. Or there's definitely more that I can learn about as well. So. Right. Yeah, but- yeah, I mean, yeah, like um, this was actually just a really awesome time just talking to all of you and really connecting with like people of similar backgrounds, but also with unique stories. And um, yeah, really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to more of these collaborations and podcast episodes. And yeah, it was really great. Awesome. Yay. Thank you. I'm really happy to hear that, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, no, I've um I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been nice to um just hear other people's thoughts on certain topics because everyone has such different opinions and they're based on your upbringing. So it's really interesting, I guess, to um, speak about these things because you don't get to do that on a daily basis, really. And also because it's nice to see some other faces that aren't clients because I'm always on client calls. <laughs> so this is actually left um, to be right. speaking to other people. So yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And I just want to say thank you because um, it's really important that we have this platform to be able to speak about things like this. Of course. And thank you, Ron, for like, you know, uh, putting us all together. That's something that I would definitely bring up in a future episode, too. It's like we've unfortunately run into situations where people from our culture are not as collaborative. And so you have this like, you know, first hesitancy of like reaching out, like, what are they going to think of me? Is it going to be judgment? (laughs) Like, But like we said before, we feel like we've known you guys forever. So, you know, um, we we completely uh, resonate with the fact that uh, we're definitely not, you know, sharing a language. And sometimes, like, we don't even know our native languages. Funnily enough, like, the name of our podcast is Lokia Kahinga, which is what will people think or say. Um, and so a lot of the things that we've talked about today, like, made me think, like, you know, how uh, we're working against, really, all together, kind of, like, challenging that norm and saying that I'm not going to give a damn about what people are going to think and say. <laughs> so I know we have a lot more to talk about but thank you thank you thank you so much to each of you for taking out the time to talk to us and like just going in this beautiful collaborative relationship with us i think that it's going to be absolutely mm-hmm. fascinating and uh the more of us the better Yay. exactly mm-hmm. and thank you guys for organizing and setting yeah. it up and stuff really really appreciate it oh yeah. thank you we're so excited for this to come out and we love you so so much yes <laughs> 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 
Okay, so uh, we're going to officially end it here, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to be back with this awesome group of people. And we're going to also have Taha on here um, after his much-needed break. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you guys again. Thank you mu- so much. Take care. Have a wonderful week. And just remember, <coughs> don't worry about <laughs> do you guys want to do one? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it again. I was like, wait, this was not in their script. I know. Okay, let's do that. All right, let's do one together because I think we okay. won. I won't, right. know, I, I won't know how to say it, so I'm just going to let you two go on this one. I have no idea. No, how we, we'll, no you'll be fine. We're going to make you practice. So it's log as in L O G. Yeah. Kya, which is what? So kya, log kya. And. Yeah. Kahenge, which is K-A-H. I should probably just send it to you in WhatsApp. One second. <laughs> <laughs> this is all happening on here. Um, I speak Dubby, but it, everyone says it's so similar, but I really just uh, don't find it is similar. I'm gonna. Uh, I I know a little bit of Punjabi, not like all the words. Yeah, like um, a tiny bit. Yeah. How would you even say that? How would you say what would people think in Punjabi? I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. This almost makes me feel like we should have a translation of the name in like, yeah, in like languages. A billion different languages. Yeah. Oh, because all yeah, because I, I yeah, I don't know how I would even say that, but we'll we'll go with it. We'll try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're, I this makes me think that you know this it's the sentiment that needs to get translated and not even like the words. So yeah. we'll we'll work on that. Um. So we'll do this one more time. Okay. <laughs> together. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. We know we did. And we look forward to seeing you again. Till then, don't worry about... Lord Lord <laughs> 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 <laughs>